Mr. Silianidis, uh, I'm afraid that uh, Nicolas Bornoz asked me to introduce you in less than two minutes, which is not an easy task. In your case, you, you, are, uh, you don't need an introduction, of course, but uh, I believe it's worthwhile to remind the audience of uh, some of your uh, lifetime uh, achievements. Uh, you are an academic uh, with important academic institutions. You are a politician with a career in Cyprus, a career in the European Parliament, in the European Commission, and uh, now in Greece. I don't know why you decided to come to Greece, but uh, you are very well. <laughs> it was a very good idea from the Prime Minister to, to invite you. From September 2021 to May 23, you served as First Minister of Climate Crisis and Civil Protection of Greece. And you are probably uh, have a foresight and you are a wise man because you were not the Minister of uh, climate crisis, civil protection during this summer. I don't know whether you had foresight, <laughs> but uh, you are now the minister of, uh, uh, what's the official title here, the minister of maritime affairs and insular policy. So that's a very important position for us, of course. You represent uh, Greece, you represent Cyprus, uh, two countries within the European Union that have a huge impact on the European Union. We have the uh, majority of the fleet of the European Union. And of course, given your antecedents and your personal interest in climate change, transition, sustainability, uh, and the crisis that are created, and we, are, we, we did meet, witness this crisis uh, during the summer. You have, I'm sure, a lot of very interesting things to tell us today. In, as Nicolas Bournois said, your inaugural participation in this very interesting forum. Thank you very much, Minister. Good morning, everybody. First of all, I would like to thank my dear friend, Andonis Papadimitriou, for his kind words. As you know, in this dimension, everything is good when we talk about CVs. <laughs> Thank you, Andoni, once again. Your Excellencies, distinguished representatives, ladies and gentlemen, it's really a great pleasure to address this year Capital Link Greek Shipping Forum, which brings to the forefront as a key theme best practices, building long-term value through sustainability. Let me first thank the organizers, in particular Mr. Nicolas Pornosis, for their kind invitation. Thank you so much. And for the unique opportunity to address the distinguished Greek and international shipping community. Dear friends, recent years and several crises starting from COVID-19 to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the energy and potential food crisis have shown very clearly how sensitive and how important the transport sector is. First, for ensuring resilient supply chains, and second, for creating reliable and robust mechanisms 
to keep vessels running smoothly and safely around the world. Greece is a country whose history and modern economy are fully linked with the sea and with shipping. The maritime sector is one of the most robust and promising sectors of the Greek economy, historically. It is the sector which supports our country's sustainability and growth, contributing to almost 7% of the national GDP. Greece is one of the worst, largest ship-owning nations, with a fleet of over 5,500 vessels, Greek ship owners control 21% of the global deadweight donation and, the, and represent more than 70% of the EU fleet. The Greek-owned fleet is strong and reliable. It is essential for the transport of industrial energy and nutritional goods worldwide. Greek shipping is one of the most important factors of the world economy to keep moving. It is also vital for the European Union as 80% of its external trade is carried out by sea. And in an era of increasing energy security concerns, the Greek-owned fleet plays a crucial role in securing EU's energy needs. Ladies and gentlemen, the times are challenging, the international environment is volatile, and it is highly competitive. To ensure the sustainability of the maritime sector, significant challenges need to be addressed. In this respect, allow me to focus on four key themes. First one, decarbonization. Second one, governance. Third one, finance. And fourth, geopolitical developments. Decarbonization. I believe that shipping's transition to a carbon-free era constitutes the greatest challenge of our era. Greece is an advocate for the adoption and application of global uniform rules through the IMO. We welcome the IMO agreement achieved in 2023 on the reduction of greenhouse gas emission from ships. It is a milestone. It is the contribution of the international maritime transport to achieving the Paris Agreement. Certainly not an easy task, but we need to support strongly the development of realistic pragmatic, mean, and long-term measures that will lead to carbon-neutral shipping. As Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said during his address to the UN Climate Change Conference in Egypt, in Sharm el-Sheikh last year, we need radicalism as well as realism. For Greece, the industry's energy transition has one fundamental pillar. The worldwide availability of safe and affordable low and zero carbon fuels. To achieve the net zero shipping goal by 2050, we need the engagement of all relevant public and private stakeholders at all levels, 
at sea, at port, at policy, at technology and innovation. Research and development on alternative fuels will need to intensify. We have to expand the collaboration of science with industry experts, of course, politicians myself. We need to create a predictable environment. We have to promote investments in greener and more energy efficient technologies. Policy needs to clear the path to decarbonization. We must accelerate our efforts to develop greener technologies and greener fuels. Shipping-related stakeholders have to work together and towards a common goal to find the best possible ways for the most radical transformation ever happen in shipping. The gradual transition to a non-fuel-based shipping and economy in general, I strongly believe, to green shipping, to green economy. Greece, no doubt, strongly supports initiatives such as the Clean Energy Marine, Marine Hubs initiatives to coordinate and join decarbonization efforts from ports, shipping companies, and energy firms. We believe at cross-sector collaboration, collaboration and partnerships, of course, which first link the energy sector with the maritime value chain, and second, which enable policymakers and industry stakeholders to quick unlock clean energy deployment. At the same time, we should not underestimate the role of finance. There is no doubt that such investments are costly. The enhancement of vessels' energy efficiency, the reduction of maritime-related pollutions, and the installation of pioneering technological equipment or the building of ships with innovative design and systems. No doubt, very costly. All require substantial investments. A plan, a mixture of financial instruments between the public and the private sector is key, PPP. Private financing to remain targeted and flexible. At the same time, public financing to address fully the particularities of the shipping sector. The use of revenues from market-based measures such as carbon pricing and the EU ETS, along with private finance, can fund the, dec the decarbonization of shipping and provide real results. Second point about governance. Shipping is a truly international industry. It can operate effectively not only if the regulation standards are agreed, adopted, and implemented on an international basis. The United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea Clause and IMO guarantee a bright and sustainable future for shipping and all economic activities at sea. And Greece remains committed to this ocean governance framework. It's certainly the case that standards are constantly changing. Customers and society's perception on environmental and social performance in changing at a fast pace. Higher standards of safety and environmental performance often come from different organizations and an important financial cost. And more importantly, this happens 
during a challenging period for shipping finance in general. This brings me to my third point, finance. In this respect, we need to think out of the box to develop innovative financing solutions, new funding mechanisms beyond the traditional ones, which introduce a new dynamic in the shipping industry. Investing in quality shipping and in a new types of ships is always a good choice. You know better than me. Even in a, sta in a stable times in shipping markets. At the same time, the technological development has the potential to create new opportunities with automated systems on ships which can reduce the operational cost of shipping. This, however, should not lead to social dumping or to the reduction of jobs in the shipping industry. The promotion and support of the human capital of shipping should be a core priority for the years to come. The shipping industry cannot exist without skilled professionals. And this does not relate with the level of automation. Our seafarers are a wealth of knowledge and expertise in and outside the EU, and they should be protected and preserved. Shipping employs millions of people on board and on shore, and creates meaningful career opportunities for young people. We need to create the necessary balance. Finally, I would like to touch upon the geopolitical developments which certainly affect the maritime transport. With respect to the Ukrainian crisis, our main priority was and remains the same to resolve effectively the safety and security threats for seafarers and shipping. Let me be absolutely clear, as minister here in Greece. Greece has always been supportive to the adoption and rigorous implementation of a robust sanctions regime to further reduce Russian capabilities to finance the war against Ukraine. When it comes to the economic effects, we continuously assess and participate actively in the negotiation on the EU sanctions imposed to Russia. We aim to ensure the smooth implementation of measures and sanctions, but at the same time, not to harm our industries. Lastly, in an era of increased trade tensions, it's crucial to support steadily the well-established principles of EU maritime policy in relation to the liberalization of international maritime and, of course, free market access. In the context of trade negotiations, these principles have to be pursued with a high level of ambition at bilateral and multinational level. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure we all agree that we need efficient, sustainable, and thriving shipping in Greece, in Europe, in the world. To that end, we should remain together and cooperate closely to implement our commitments. Collective action is a must. Thank you once again, the organizers, for their kind invitation and for your attention. Thanks 
very much, Mr. Nicolas Bornozis. I wish every success to this excellent conference, the results of which I'm sure will provide us with useful insight and constructive proposals for our maritime future. Dear Bornozis, no doubt that you can rely on us because what's the role of politicians to create predictable environment and to support the private sector in these very demanding days. Thank you so much.